People, don't you know what this is? This is Training Camp with Colby Van Camp on Wildcat 91.9. Good evening, Manhattan, Wamigo Junction City, and anywhere the internet has enveloped you in its cold embrace. Welcome to Training Camp with Colby Van Camp, yours truly behind the gray microphone, high atop the music department in McCain Auditorium, located on McCain Drive in the heart of the campus of Kansas State University, in the core of the Little Apple, Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, don't take it from me, take it from our friend, good old Coach Tang. It's a great day to be a Wildcat. I, 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 my bad, let's do that again. It's a great day to be a Wildcat! Yeah. Yeah. The immediacy of which that moment became a gif was really, really funny to me. Like, like immediately <laughs> after he had said that, somebody clipped it from somewhere and had it on like the giffy keyboard or whatever, you know? I mean, there were so many gifable moments. That press conference, I was able to, to go there. Oh yeah? It was it was a fantastic I'm sure that was a conference. hype press conference. It really was. <laughs> it was my first press conference. I feel like I can hear my voice when he says it louder the second time in the background. <laughs> I feel like, this sounds like that would be me. <laughs> but he, he gave a great press conference. There was a lot of clippable moments that could be used for several gifts. But I know, of course, the popular one is like, you know what? He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this every time we get a new recruit. And he's been able to use it, what, like 12 times already? Yeah. And that in itself is just mwah, chef's yeah. kiss. Chef's kiss. So I, I, th- this is the most important question that I'm going to ask you all evening. Is it GIF or GIF? I say GIF. Good. Okay, I don't, Good. I feel like GIF is supposed to be like with a J, but I know, granted, the English language can be pretty tough. <laughs> just with yeah. J and G and how you can pronunciate it. But yeah. I, I say GIF because that sounds better coming out of my mouth. I have a serious problem with anybody that looks at G-I-F and acquires GIF Thank from you. that. So it's like, I, I, you know, if it was J-I-F, Like great. the peanut butter, right? If it was D-G-I-F, I don't care. Like, if it was anywhere close to like the phonetics... Go for it, but I I've actually gotten in arguments with people before, and they're like, "Actually, it's GIF," and I'm like, "Actually, you're dumb." <laughs> so like, I don't what, know. What is the proof that it's GIF? <laughs> yeah, like you said it. That's the proof, right? It's kind of like it's kind of like the dollar. Like we all collectively one day decided that the dollar had worth, even though it totally doesn't. It's just a piece of paper, right? We exchange pieces of papers for like for for food and services. I pay my apartment building in paper like <laughs> like well, okay so i mean it's kind of one of those things it's then there's very... imaginary money like in a credit card right there's imaginary <laughs> money and then there's like digital money and cryptocurrency it's crazy whole don't, thing. It's a whole I, don't, thing. I don't even talk about eco- <laughs> economics uh we're a sports show so let's talk about sports so jerome tang added his second espn top 100 recruit in rj jones to the class of 2023 bringing Kansas State's current recruiting class to number seven in the country as of today. And I, th- I think I saw that KU was like 24th or something like that. So Ooh, we're, Who would have thought? We're, oh, we're just so far ahead. Well, especially, you know, when you do illegal things and you get investigated by the FBI, bad things tend to happen to you. 
you know, I, I, I just, it's astounding to me that KU fans sit around and they're Those like, you know, things need to happen faster. You know, <laughs> he has won so many national championships. I'm like, bro, his alibi, his entire story about why KU is not uh, going to be getting, uh, I don't know, subpoenaed by the FBI is about as fake as his hair. Okay. <laughs> so I, 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 whatever, get out of here. But Jerome Tang has pulled in RJ. Jones, And so this is from Yahoo.com. It says, Jerome Tang said last week that Kansas State had two basketball commitments in the fold for the 2023 recruiting cycle. And on Sunday, the second one stepped forward. R.J. Jones is a six foot three shooting guard from Plano, Texas. And he made the announcement live on Instagram with ESPN's Paul uh, Biancardi. Uh, choosing K-State from a final six list that also included Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Boise State, and Colorado. Well, at least we were able to beat Notre Dame head-to-head in at least one recruiting battle. Nice! Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm going to take this as my uh, my moment to dunk on Dylan Edwards because of his incredible statements of, I'm not decommitting, I'm not going anywhere. And uh, this weekend, he, hilariously, so his first commitment, right, was like this, it was like a pep rally. Like he invited everybody under the sun to show up to this thing. I mean, they had like a freaking marching band there. There were so many people that had showed up to see him commit to Kansas State because he's a legacy student. Mm-hmm. Then uh, he was very wise in that his Notre Dame commitment was actually done on some like backwoods Instagram story for the. I came in to say hi, girlfriend. Hello, how you doing? It's been too long. It's been too long, Ian. You're having a great summer? Oh, I'm having a fantastic how summer. How are your folks? My folks are good. Yeah. Folks are good. You sold still in that new place yet? I, the new place is currently still a trailer, but we're working on it. We're working on it. He came to get me because he knew I was talking about Dylan Edwards. Yeah. So. No, hey, I left it up on the deck in three. Okay. I don't know how to bump it onto That's that. okay. Sweet. And I sent you a text today. You yeah. did? Yeah. Man, I'm telling you, I woke up from a nap at 5 o'clock. Man, we... And came well, over I here. I like the life you're living. It's Me not too. every day that we just get Ian in the in, in the studio <laughs> with us. because Jasmine. <laughs> I'm special, everyone. Oh, man, that I could just get out from behind the microphone. Send me a reply to that. Yes, you know sir. Absolutely. <laughs> I will. See Thank you. All right, uh, crashing the party, Ian Punnett. <laughs> what can I say? Uh, it's not every day that he makes an appearance on the studio with side with me, so that's kind of fun. Uh, we we were cooking up something a little special. Actually, I had nothing to do with it. He said he was going to do it. He's left it on the computer for me, and we'll play a little bit later in the show. Wait, it's, I'm it's, excited to it's hear what be it irritating. is. Um, but anyway, so Dylan Edwards very. Yeah. Uh, uh, smartly decided that he was going to make his commitment on some uh like Instagram story that nobody was watching in relation with 24/7 sports and very quietly said that he was going to go to Notre Dame and it's like whatever dude I mean I guess at the end of the day I'm glad that we got that out of the way but it's just I don't know and then he's and then there was a piece in the Topeka Capital Journal that said you know Dylan Edwards said that he'd gotten a lot of really nasty tweets and texts and phone calls over the last week. And I'm like, really? Probably. Really? Why Why would you think that you wouldn't be getting nasty tweets and phone calls and texts over the last week? Like, I mean, did you think that we were all going to collectively say, oh, okay, you know, you go you go to Notre Dame, Dylan. When has that ever you happened? You go to Notre Dame. <laughs> we want you to go to Notre Dame. No, we don't. But whatever. So go to Notre Dame. Don't talk to us again. Uh, so R.J. Jones, he's six foot three, shooting guard. We beat Notre Dame to get him. And he said, "Quote with Coach Tang when I was on the visit, it felt more like a family reunion than a business trip." 
said Jones, who took his official visit to Manhattan just last week. It felt like I was really welcome. Obviously, his pitch to me, what I could do coming in and making impact as a freshman, sounded really good. Jones is K-State's second four-star pledge of 2023, joining Chicago point guard Darren or Day-Day Ames, who committed on July 20th. Jones is ranked number one in Texas and number 64 overall nationally, according to 24-7 Sports Composites ranking. And then also, because we're just great friends of what uh, is happening with uh, GoPowerCat.com because two notable Wildcat 919 guys, uh, Ryan Gilbert and Cole Carmody, have gone over to hey, GoPowerCat hey. to do some work. Uh, Ryan Gilbert, who was on the show last week with me, uh, was kind enough to drop this article nine hours ago, and it says, On Sunday, Kansas State has gained the commitment of R.J. Jones, a four-star guard out of Texas. Jones' is second 2023 pledge for the head coach of Jerome Tang. Um, he ranks number eight in the country in the 2023 class. While the 2023 cycle is not yet complete, Kansas State currently ranks ahead of notable schools like Baylor at ninth, North Carolina at 20th, Kansas at 26th. Jones and Ames are the top-rated prospects in their respective states. So we picked up the number one guy from Texas and the number one guy from Illinois. Uh, only a short list of players rank above Jones on the all-time K-State commitments list as Jones is the seventh-rated commit to the Kansas State Wildcats behind Michael Beasley, Bill Walker, Wally Judge, Jason Bennett, Cartier Martin, and Day-Day Ames per 24-7 sports. The numbers don't lie. Jones's commitment is a massive recruiting win for Tang and company. Uh, yes. Yes, it is. So it is a great day to be a Wildcat. We're just going to take that right to the bank. Uh, Jasmine, how are you feeling about the fact that K-State is just absolutely nailing it on the recruiting trail? Because, I mean, there was some there was some uh, sweat on the brow, I think, for some K-State fans uh, for the class of 2023 because nobody was appearing, nobody was showing up. We had a couple of five-stars come in, decided not to commit. They went to other places. It was kind of like, uh, okay, what's, uh, what's going to happen? And then all of a sudden we've picked up these two really quality guys out of the states of Texas and Illinois, which are known for good basketball, good sports all around. Um, and then uh, who's the guy from Florida that you... Uh, Keontae Johnson. Yeah, Keontae Johnson. There's a, a chance that we might be landing him too, and then we just have a really nice transfer uh, transfer stacked roster for 2022. So, I mean, how are you feeling about it so far? I mean, it's it's incredible. That's, that's the only word that really came to my head when you asked me this question is that it's legitimately incredible because, like, I've and I've said this before several times, K-State's history has been doing more with less with kind of getting, like, three-star, 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 maybe a four-star once every, I don't know, five years or so. Yeah. That's that's pretty much been the gist, and, that's, and there was never anything wrong with that. We got a lot of good guys who came in as three-stars, and there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Do no. not get it twisted, everybody. Of course not. But just the fact that... Where we were and where we have been the past three years with you know K State men's basketball, where it was it was literally going nowhere but down yeah. <laughs> for the most part, <laughs> and you know and then there's always people saying you can't recruit to Manhattan, and all of a sudden all pretty much all you need is just new life anywhere in a coaching staff, and guess what you start being able to recruit to Manhattan. Manhattan hasn't changed. Yeah. Okay. Manhattan hasn't changed one bit. It's the guys and the coaches that's been able to bring these type of players in. And I know we're sticking to, you know, basketball right now, but even even with K-State football, that we're still even Which we'll get to in, in a second. And which we'll get to in a second. <laughs> but as far as, like, the basketball side of it goes, like, we – this roster, whether it's for transfer or a class of 2023, it's full of four stars. That yeah. is 
at least in my time here, that's never happened. And I do believe probably the entire history of K-State basketball, that's never happened at all. Yeah. I'm, I'm just counting as every, every single person on K-State roster from starting next season to class of 23 is full of four-star players. Yeah. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't happen for here. I think the last time that Kansas State – I mean, the last time that Kansas State was, like, notable – like significantly notable like they are right now. Well, first, okay, we can't we can't sleep on the teams that won Big 12 championships, Correct. okay? So we Correct. got like we got like the the 2019 squad went to the Elite 8. You got um some of those earlier guys in the early mid 2000s. Um like the the Jacob Pullen and the Michael Beasley kind yeah. of kind of guys. But then everybody seems to forget. And and you know, it's time since we're talking basketball, I'm going to talk about this. Everybody seems to forget and there's a really great documentary on this on YouTube. That K State and KU were equal in the 50s. Okay. K State played for a national championship in basketball in like 1952 or something like that. And they lost, I think, by it was either two or four points to Kentucky. Oh, of um, so K State basketball had a bunch of like Final Four appearances. Yeah. Uh, Tex Winter led the way for Kansas State. Uh, and that's where, you know, you have uh, Mr. K-State himself, Ernie Barrett, you know, mm-hmm. making making waves. My grandfather was a good friend of Ernie Barrett's. So, hey. so there's cool. a little there's a little bit of tip of the cap from me to the camera. Um, <laughs> but also, yeah, <laughs> uh, and I say that uh, jokingly, but uh, kind of uh, tongue-in-cheek as well, because I've actually set up a camera, and I'll make this moment right now to say this. I'm going to start putting training camp not only on Wildcat 91.9 live, like you're listening to it, not only on Anchor FM as a podcast, but also now on my YouTube page where you can go watch it. You can watch and listen at the same time now. We're going Joe Rogan on you with training camp and sports here on Wildcat 91.9. MMJ. (laughs) At any rate, (laughs) K-State and KU were equal in basketball. And then K-State, like K-State football, ran into some garbage time toilet bowl coaches that mm. made the program tank, okay? Yeah. Ahern Fieldhouse. First, you know, the octagon of doom in Bramlage, I'm I, I'm not as offended by it as some older K-State fans are because that's what I grew up with. Bramlage was always there for me. But for guys, and not to say that my dad is old because he's not old, but for older than me guys like my dad – he attended basketball games at Ahern Fieldhouse, which is now where they they play like volleyball or something like that for the time being. Uh, for the time being, right? And it's really kind of old and decrepit, but that place was the place you went to play big time basketball at Kansas State. And so I just I don't know. It's bothersome to me that everybody seems to forget that K State has this actually really rich history. They have as many impressive things as KU up until probably the '60s, mm-hmm. and then that's when KU picked up a really great coach. And then they picked up another really great coach, and they got Bill Self. And then the rest is history. And K State just went through like 12 coaches, and it just was terrible. Uh, and now we've got Jerome Tang. So maybe maybe the tide is about to turn in our favor. And I think it is. But uh, I, I'm very excited because if it means anything on paper, I think these guys have shots to be Big 12 champions. I think they have shots to make it deep in the NCAA tournament. And I think that the possibility of playing big-time basketball, because K-State in recent years has not been known to be like 
plugging guys into the NBA, right? Right. And that's kind of one of the pitches that you get for K-State football is that you can say, hey, we take guys who are walk-ons and put them in the NBA. What can that team do? You know, mm-hmm. what your yeah. Boise State's recruiting you. How many NFL guys has Boise State put in the in the NFL? Quite you know, a few. Uh, quite a few. But K State has more, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's kind of it's kind of from that vein. And I think now that's a pitchable thing that Jerome Tang and company can put together for their recruiting classes to say, hey, I put big time, big caliber guys from Baylor in the NBA. I can do that for you too. Um, and in the era of money trumps everything. Uh, I would. I, are you kidding me? I want the rings and the glory, not the money. I want the legacy. You know, if I if I was an athlete, it'd be like, man, the money is like a bonus. But I, so many so many things are dictated these days by money. So how do you pitch money to you know a seventeen eighteen year old uh, outside of the nil game that's going on right now, NBA, right? Yeah. So I I think K State the future is bright. For K-State basketball, I'm really looking forward to it. You've been listening to Training Camp with Colby Van Camp on Wildcat 91.9. We'll be back with segment two. Wildcat 91.9 would like to thank Tanner's Bar and Grill in the Ville for its support for the next generation of K-State media stars. Tanner's Kitchen is open until 10 p.m. nightly for a full menu of Manhattan's favorites, such as the Jamaican Jerk Chicken. Most nights, Tanner is open until 2 a.m. for a late nightcap. See the full menu and specialties at tannersbarandgrill.com. For a game on Tanner's large TV screens or a bite with family and friends, discover Tanner's at tannersbarandgrill.com. Dearborn Coffee, located downtown inside the Village Geek, is open for late-night coffee drinks such as flavored lattes, espressos, and a selection of teas. Meeting friends after hours? Dearborn Coffee is open seven days a week inside downtown Manhattan's The Village Geek. For a late-night coffee jolt, visit Dearborn Coffee at 105 North 3rd Street inside The Village Geek in downtown Manhattan. Hello, this is former football Wildcat head coach, Bill Snyder. As a fan of K-State, like me, you're proud to be associated with hardworking young people who get the job done. Wildcat 91.9, here on campus, is the award-winning, longest-running college FM radio station in the country, perhaps even the world. Wildcat 91.9 has been entertaining the Flint Hills and teaching public performance, radio, programming, news and sports journalism, play-by-play skills, social media, and now multi-platform media for more than 70 years. But due to financial setbacks at Kansas State, Wildcat 91.9 needs us to join the cheering section with a donation of any size. I am sharing my support for Wildcat 91.9 and hopes that you will too. Help secure Wildcat 91.9's future so that all students can enjoy this incredible resource for another seven decades. To donate, go to wildcat919.com and click on the To Donate button. The KSU Foundation will take it from there. Donating to Wildcat 919 is even faster and easier than the Wildcat formation. We should know we invented it. So, 
If you love local news, sports, and new music as much as I do, let's make this the greatest kickoff in Kansas State history. Go Cats and Go Wildcat 91.9. New music now. That work? Yeah, that'll work, Coach. K-State football returns September 3rd against the University of South Dakota Coyotes on Wildcat 91.9. New music now. Jimmy, stop messing with the freaking radio dial. Hey, uh, Coach, do you think that maybe we could, I don't know, turn on some music or something? What? No. When the little hand reaches the 7 and the big hand reaches the 12, then we can change the radio station. But for now, we're listening to Training Camp with Colby Van Camp on Wildcat 91.9. Now get back to the huddle. Jasmine, I say it every time. Uh, I need to drop like a parody of this that's back in purple. Do I, it. I, I really do. I, I need to use my music composition degree for that's something. Right. Right? I know that's right. For something. Uh, in fact, so I talked about uh, my top five, I would say, tips for being a professional musician, how to become a professional musician. That was the first video that I dropped on my YouTube page for the first time in like years. Um, and so now. I want you to go check that out. You can go find me if you just type in Colby, K-O-L-B-Y, Van Camp, V-A-N space, capital C-A-M-P, like the pork and beans. You can go check it out on YouTube uh, because I think I have some interesting points to share with you there. And I kind of referenced that I like have this music background, right? But I really do need to just shut up, go into, go into logic and uh, throw together a, a parody. I think that'd be kind of fun. Um, okay, so let's talk about things that are not parodied. And things that are not parodied are this incredible press conference that Chris Kleiman had today uh, because we are into fall ball now, Yay. right? We're, we're in the middle of fall camp. Uh, tomorrow they're having their first in pads practice, like full pads practice. They were doing helmets last week. They were doing helmets and shoulder pads yesterday, I think he said. And now it's going to be, uh, full pads as of tomorrow. So that's really exciting. We've just, I just went through and pulled a bunch of clips. Okay. So we got a bunch of clips and we'll talk about each clip and that's going to be our second segment for today. So without further ado, let's hear what coach Kleiman has to say, starting in his press conference from today. We're confident he's going to be set and ready to go for the first game. And um, we are being very smart with him uh, coming off the injury that he had. And then he had he missed some time for some other things. Um, but he is uh, going to be on target to be ready to go on September 3rd. So sorry, I I forgot to like include in the part <laughs> uh, that he was referencing Khalid Duke. So they they had asked him a question: Is Khalid Duke going to be ready for September third? And he said yes, unequivocally. I think Khalid Duke yes. is going to be ready for September third. And it and some of the media members were kind of antsy, and I can see why because he didn't play 
yesterday. He wasn't even at the camp yesterday. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of like, hey, uh, coach, he wasn't at the camp. What, what's happening? And they and he said, hey, don't, don't worry about it. We're just being really smart about his injury. Uh, and if you've been listening to training camp, uh, my dad, who is an interventional radiologist, uh, double board certified, uh, he's got a bunch of medical experience, almost 30 years of medical experience, um, and he's been spent some time doing sports medicine as well, and we, he was able to kind of break down, we, we tried to piece together, because you know, some of these, these programs, they don't say exactly what no, happened, right, and, and rightfully so, they shouldn't, because if you said, yeah, my guy broke his ankle, then you're probably going to, like... I could see a linebacker trying to hit him in the ankles, you know? So yeah. I, I, it's probably smart that you don't go out there and say exactly what the injury is. You just say it's an extremity injury or is his left leg. Um, from, and, from when it happened, it looked like an ACL because that's what I was so, here. And they asked me, to like, what do you think this injury was? Because when I was, you know, EP oh, for it, oh, gotcha, they gotcha. used, like, my kinesiology Mm. Like mindset, because everyone I do have a bachelor's degree in kinesiology. Me and Colby, we just flipped everything on its head doing stuff like this. It's all right. But watched it on TV, and that's that's what that would be my first educated guess was a torn ACL because it was kind of it was a chop block from the O lineman right into his knee. Yeah. So well, that's what I assume that it was. So it it was either that, uh, mm-hmm. but interestingly enough, I my dad and I talked about this, and he said, you know, unless. We tried to piece it together, kind of like detectives. Yeah. And one of the key parts of the article that I read to him from, I think it was like ESPN, said that he couldn't even put weight on his leg. And he said, even if you tear your ACL, even if you tear your MCL, unless the joint is just completely filled with blood, mm-hmm. there is no way that you wouldn't be able to walk with that. Yeah. Um, like you could walk with that um, unless it was just filled with blood and you and it was physically impossible for you to walk. And he said, so either he really just blew out his knee entirely or it was a fracture. And we, we kind of speculated ah. that maybe like the two little caps that are on the top part of whatever the bone is that comes up on the bottom part of your knee. The patella? The, the, no, the patella is the kneecap. I yeah, know that. Yeah. I think it's the like the the fibula or something like that um like the other the opposite of the femur like the big like thigh bone it's the other one um but they come together and they they form two little caps at the top Mm -hmm. um and i i I don't know if i'm explaining this very well because i have no training in medicine but dad and i or i sat by and listened to dad speculate that because of the block and because of the hit he actually had a, a, a like a formality in that area and he like fractured part of that piece off and so he had like a free chip of bone like floating in his joint oh, and that's yeah. and that's like what the problem was okay I'd because see, then he immediately he had, had to like, go have like walk. surgery and he couldn't put any weight on it it was this whole thing so we were trying to break down be detectives mm-hmm. what it was um and so it was either he could just completely tore everything in his knee or as a fracture, which is kind of interesting because they're being they're being really careful for a torn ACL, right? They're being and, and and I get it, you still want to be careful for an ACL. Yeah. But like they're being really, really careful. You know, usually it's kinda of like ACL's torn, we're gonna get you the surgery, patch it back up, wear the brace, just be careful. Now they're like, We're not even gonna have you practice t- yesterday because we want you to be safe. Mm-hmm. And I get it. He's a high profile, valuable rush, pass rush end. But at the same time, I just I think that the the injury was more serious than they let on, uh, in my personal opinion. So it's it great to know that they're being careful with him and that Khalid Duke will, in fact, be ready to go by September 3rd. If you take anything from this, South Dakota is going to be terrorized by Khalid Duke and Felix Andujike Uzama. Speaking of which, 
Felix Edudike Uzama had surgery. Uh, what? L- listen to what uh, Coach Kleiman had to say about that. Um, as far as Felix is concerned, how, what, what are some of the bigger ways that you've seen him take a step forward from from? Um, you know, he was another one that had uh, uh, surgery at the end of the season, so missed all of spring ball. Um, so he's getting himself back healthy for starters, and, and we're smart with him because um, his was a, an injury that it takes time to heal, but he is he's healthy and ready to go. Uh, I just think understanding the game, uh, he's always had a great motor and played extremely hard and fast, and he learned from Wyatt Hubert in that um, and taken that to a, another level. Now it's just understanding the whys uh, of the defense and the whys of the offense, You know, you know, whether it's where the backfield set is to tight end alignments to – um, where the ball's at on the hash to the middle of the field and um, seeing offensive tackles and guard sets and stuff. I just think he's so much uh, more experienced. And uh, he knows that people are going to have to turn the protection and stuff to him. And he knows that he's got to let the game come to him. He can't um, press on it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come to him. But I'm excited because I think Nate's really going to surprise some people. I, I know that Khalid's healthy will will be a factor. Plus, with all the big guys we have inside, with with a healthy Eli, D. Hens wasn't healthy last year. Pick wasn't healthy last year. All those guys are healthy. Um, it, it's going to open up a, a lot of opportunities for for Felix, and he'll get his opportunities there. So that was kind of news to me. I was I didn't know that he had had like surgery at the they end of the season, the and that kept him out of rats. out of out of spring spring ball. So yeah, I I couldn't even find an article about it. Like it was that, like. Sh- <laughs> so exactly. I I and I I like to think that I'm pretty up to date on who's injured and what's happening and um, who do I need to be paying attention to? Will they be playing? And I had no idea that he even had surgery. So. That was that was news to me. I did not know what he had surgery on, or uh, my dad and I will be speculating that on Friday if I can figure out what the surgery was. Um, let's take a hop, skip, and a jump over to the wide receiver room because Jasmine, you were tweeting at me yeah. today. Usually, usually I'm the one who's tweeting at you, but that was kind of fun. I was like, "Ooh, Jasmine tweeted at me." <laughs> so, uh, Jasmine, r- run it down for us what your tweet said. Yes, I said I I like I tagged Colby at Colby Van Camp, and I said yes. With the hands emoji because <laughs> it was um, Derek Young, you know, tweeting about what um, Coach Kleiman said about the wide receiver room. Because he was at the press conference. Because he was at the press conference yeah. and we were not, or at least I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> I, I'm not cool enough to go to those yet. But anyway, he was t- he tweeted about what Coach Kleiman said about the wide receiver room and how they're, I don't remember verbatim of what he said. But let's just keep it this way. It's It seems like it's going to be dope. Okay, so that's what I was really excited about because I've talked about it on the show even just last week about how excited I am for this wide receiver room. Yeah, and it might just come to fruition. Yep, it might indeed come to fruition. Let's hear what Coach Kleiman has to say about this one. R.J. Garcia still looking as good as he did in the spring, maybe yeah. even better. R.J.'s um, picked up where he left off. He's a really talented kid that, for a young player, understands the game so well. Um, has learned. From Cade, who uh, has been really sharp and helping him, and Philip and Malik, and excited because uh, RJ's in the mix. You know, he's in that top mix of guys that's going to play uh, a lot for us, and just got to continue to to refine his skills and and go up against you know Julius and Echo and some of our older guys. But uh, excited where RJ is. And how does that competition level shake out? You mentioned competition in different units. What about at wide receiver up and down the roster? 
Yeah, um, you know, our our top three really are, are back from ending the season. When when we lost Landry um, in the bowl game, you know, it was it was Cade, it was Philip, it was Malik. Those were our top four with Landry. Landry gets hurt, so our top three really were back with those three guys uh, that um, I think are really seasoned guys that uh, know our system. Uh, are extremely difficult to cover. All have different skill sets, but all can play multiple spots, which I think is what you're looking for. Is not a guy stuck. He's only a slot. He's only an outside guy, um, a boundary guy, whatever it may be. All three of those guys are really, really playing well, and uh, our that's one of the strengths of our team is our, is our wide receivers. Then you look at R.J. and um, Keenan Garber and. Uh, Ty Bowman and uh, Xavier Lloyd, Jaden Jackson. There's a lot of names. Seth Porter, I'm probably missing one. And there's a lot of names that are that are in that mix that are taking a lot of the reps with the with really the first couple groups. And does Deuce Vaughn fit into the picture in the slot quite a bit? Yeah, we're gonna move Deuce around. You know, everybody's gonna know where where he's at and game plan for him. So we need to be creative in in how we get him the football and. Uh, uh, whether that's in the backfield, whether that's in the slot, um, a lot of different looks probably to move him around. Um, and it's also going to open up Phillip and Malik and Cade and some of the other guys as well. But, uh, uh, yeah, I think Colin and, and the offensive staff has done, have done a really nice job through four or five practices to find different ways to – it's it's all about creating matchups, you know, trying to get Deuce uh, – if he's not in the backfield, man-to-man on a linebacker or safety. And um, I think we've done a really nice job early on of just um, showing different looks and then uh, motioning him or shifting him to different spots where uh, all of a sudden you get a bad matchup. So the one name that Chris Kleiman was uh, neglecting to say was Chabaston Taylor. I was about to say. Yep. <clears throat> Chabaston Taylor. And frankly, everybody sleeps on Chabaston Taylor because uh, he was he spent a lot of time injured. Okay, mm-hmm. he, he came to Kansas State in 2017. This dude's been around here forever. He came here when I was a freshman. He redshirted 2017. 2018, he played five games, hauling in three catches for 22 yards and a touchdown, most of which came against Iowa State. <laughs> Caught two passes for 17 yards, which included a nine-yard TD reception against the Cyclones. 2019, saw action in 13 games uh, with starts against Texas and Iowa State, set a career high with 74 yards at Texas Tech, a game that featured a 48-yard touch, touchdown to help put them away, registered a career high of four catches against Bowling Green. 2020, he started nine games and played in all 10 contests, totaled 293 yards and one touchdown on 19 catches, while he rushed one time for 20 yards, tied his career high with four catches against Arkansas State and KU, while he had a career high of 98 receiving yards in the season opener, scored a two-point conversion on a jet sweep at TCU. And in 2021, a veteran receiver who spent most of the season battling back from a significant injury late in the 2020 campaign, played in eight games as a reserve, catching one pass for 14 yards at Texas Tech. Uh, and still, that that's a substantial play for a t- that Texas Tech game, which ended up being 25-24 cats, yeah. thanks to King Felix and the safety at the uh, uh, midway towards the latter half of the game. Um, I mean, the dude's 6'4", he's 220. Um, in 2020, my brother and I sat, because we my parents have season tickets, we were able to go, and the, because of COVID, we were able to just kind of sit wherever. It was general admission. And so we went right down on the 50-yard line to the to the wall, and we stood right behind the K-State bench, and Shabaston Taylor came walking up, 
and I mean, this dude was larger than life. He was huge. By far the I'm biggest a, receiver. I'm a tall guy, and I was like, this dude is massive. He is cut. He literally looks like he's been chiseled out of marble. Uh, very intimidating as a wide receiver, and, and I, I, I don't think I'm intimidated by a lot of people based on size because I, I sit in the upper echelon of, of like tall folks, but dang, uh, I was I was very impressed, and I think that he's going to have a great year going forward if he's able to have recovered from the significant injury that he sustained late in 2020. But I think it's I think it could be a really breakout year for Sebastian Taylor. And I hope so because like like you were just describing, and he's more than likely our biggest receiver on the roster. And they they used him in such fashion in 2020. That's when he had pretty much his already his best year yeah. was in 2020 and how he's able to use his size. And I think, like, the biggest example I can think of was OU. Um, and I think, uh, well, it was it was beginning of 2020 where he had just, like, he completely, like, bodied his defender for, like, a long touchdown pass, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So he was definitely, they need he needs to be used on, like, 50-50 balls for sure, and I think they're going to do that. Uh, so... Apparently we we have a phone call that's coming in. I'm not going to answer it uh, because we we have no way at this moment in time to screen our phone calls. Yeah. So it, it very well could be just like uh, <laughs> like a scammer or something. I don't know. Uh, but if you actually had something important to say and you wanted to say it on the show, I apologize. We are looking into the possibility of having screened calls that we can have on the show so that's hopefully something we can do in the future but if you're a listener trying to call in and give your two cents r.i.p i'm so sorry i wish i could take it but i'm not about to risk that on the air um, people play dangerous games okay. people do play dangerous games and i'm not afraid of playing dangerous games but that's not a dangerous game i'm willing to play um but if you do have something that you want to say to me please go tweet it at me at kg van camp v-a-n-c-a-m-p on twitter go find me on instagram same thing at kg van camp v-a-n-c-a-m-p you can just find me there and, and just send it to me full send i want to know what you think i want to know what you have to say if you say something funny i might just say it out here on the show <laughs> but so okay now we've had all of this for kansas state we got a couple more clips to play in just a few minutes but it does look like we're up against our second break so we're gonna take that you've been listening to training camp with colby van camp on wildcat 91.9 Paying for cable these days just isn't really worth it. But how are you going to watch the Royals? Well, Tanner's Bar and Grill has got you covered. Located at 1200 Morrow in Aggieville, Tanner's 22 different screens will have the Royals no matter where you look. While you're there, you can grab a fresh Booga or maybe even one of the 16 different ice cold beers Tanner's has on tap. Or there are over 40 different craft beers and seasonal drinks. You can also enjoy the great summer weather at the Tanner's patio. If you can't be at the K, Tanner's is the place to be. Hello, this is Colby Van Camp, the sports director for Wildcat 91.9. On behalf of all of us here at the station and at Kansas State University, we want to welcome all of the football recruits from the class of 2023 to the spot we love full well. The Ad Astra Alliance is alive and well, and as the flagship university for the Ad Astra State, welcome aboard. We are excited to see you grow and perform on the gridiron and in the classroom. EMOS season is back, baby, on Wildcat 91.9. 
Hi, this is Lily Muter, Assistant Advertising Manager for the Collegian Media Group. MHK Housing is your one-stop shop for off-campus housing in Manhattan. With over 300 properties available on our website and easy-to-navigate filters, MHK Housing helps you find housing in all shapes, sizes, and prices all over the Little Apple. Brought to you by Collegian Media Group, MHK Housing is designed by students for students. For more information, go to mhkhousing.com. That's mhkhousing.com. MHK Housing, your key to off-campus housing. Offense! What the f*** was that? Oh no, here he comes. Quick, somebody turn on training camp with Colby Van Camp on Wildcat 91.9. There's something away about that Queen did that song uh, that they they have it EQ'd in a certain way or panned so that I only hear that like the guitar riff in my left ear and then I get like absolutely nothing in my right ear I and wonder it how they do that. and it hurts my head. Um, w- wait, like, do you actually want to know how they do that or like? Well, you, like you know how you listen to certain songs and you know one part of it will be on the right headphone, the other part will be on the left. So like, in oh. in modern technology, it's literally just there's a little dial and you just turn it. Well, that's <laughs> and it's disappointing. Like, and it's like then you pan it right or you can pan it left. Um, and then so that says to me that it was a mono track. Because if it's mono, you only it'll only go one way, right? Because it's one track. But if you ran um, uh, stereo, which is left and right, then you can pan it differently that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I'll be I'll be darned. I thought it was something more extreme than a dang twist button, whatever. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, when Queen was doing it. Now, that was like they had to pull up like a scientific algorithm. They had to figure oh. about how much they now wanted to talking. do it. They had to like run it through a bunch of different tapes. Yeah, no. Like when, when Queen recorded that piece, actually really impressive. But now it's literally as easy as on Logic. There's there's like just a little dial and twist. you just twist it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's that simple in modern technology to pan something to the left or to the right. Wowzers. So there's your music tip for the day, right? Uh, your audio production tip. You can come take audio production with me this semester here at Kansas State. If you're a freshman, come take it. I want to see you there. Uh, okay, I'm going to play two more clips from Coach Kleiman. I have a bunch of them here. But something that I thought was really interesting is that he talked extensively about the linebackers and the linebacker core and how he feels that they are doing. And then I also wanted to break down some of the importance of that. Uh, so let's hear what he has to say about the linebackers. Could you break down just a little bit the the linebackers and where where they fit in and how many are kind of switching between them? Yep. Uh, Daniel Green and Nick Allen are playing mostly Mike. Um, they're exclusive guys, I should say, at, at Mike Backer. Uh, Bo Palmer uh, is also in the mix, and Bo's been in the program a few years now. And Bo be a really good special teams player, and continuing to get better at linebacker. He's more of a swing guy between Mike and Will. Will Honus and Austin Moore are playing some Will linebacker, and then uh, Sean Robinson is playing Sam. Crew Jackson is swinging between Sam and Will. Um, Gavin Forche is playing Sam Backer. Um, Desmond Purnell uh, is also playing some Sam Backer. But Des, I think, will will 
have a huge impact on special teams as well as continuing to compete at Sam Backer. Um, those are just uh, a handful of names I, I think are, are really moving well and doing a good job. Tom Helton is a guy we moved over from wideout to linebacker uh, last spring, and it's helped him as far as special teams being so much better and more physical. He's put on weight, put on strength, um, and uh, I don't know if he'll crack the rotation in the linebackers because he's just moved over, but uh, gives us another really big body at 215 pounds or 220 uh, that can be a really good special teams guy as well as be a backup linebacker. So I had to go and look this up, and I'm glad that I did because I've always wondered about this. So when he says Mike, Sam, and Will linebackers, okay, Mike means middle linebacker. Sam means strong side linebacker. Will means weak side linebacker. So it's outside linebackers, middle linebacker. K-State runs a 3-3-5, so you got three defensive linemen three linebackers and then five defensive backs right so k-state then are going to have two outside linebackers one middle linebacker daniel green was nasty at middle linebacker last year now here's where it gets interesting so i was kind of like wait so then what dictates weak side strong side well please explain that to me i had to go look it up it's really interesting actually so if you're looking at the line of scrimmage let's say you're going to line up uh in the i formation and so you got the quarterback under center got the fullback behind the quarterback and then you got the running back or the eye back behind the fullback and then let's say you're going to you're going to run it to it's an outside running play to the right so you're going to set up extra blockers to the right and you're going to have a tight end on the right side that means that's the strong side right even if you ran it to the left even if you ran left you ran it to the weak side whatever side the tight end is on is going to dictate what is the weak side the long and this and the strong side so now let's say you have your center your guards your tackles and you have two tight ends now what? It's like, well, you look for if the running back, so you look for if the quarterback is under the center, then you see uh, if the fullback is offset either to the left or to the right, whatever side the fullback is offset to, if it's an offset eye formation, the fullback is moved out to the left a little bit, then it's strong to the left right and it's weak to the right kind of interesting about that if you're in the shotgun which the quarterback is five or six yards behind the center it's a long snap he has the running back next to him whatever side the running back is on that's the strong side Um, and then if it turns out that it's just like everything is equal and you've got your center guards tackles tight ends quarterback under the center got your you're in the eye formation quarterback under center running back all right, your fullback and then your eye back, everything looks great, then strong side is the whatever side the right tackle is on. So uh, the right tackle obviously being right, so right side is strong side then. If everything comes out equal, that's what you're running. If you're running power football, you'll often see that kind of deal. Uh, if you're running out of the pistol, again, it's whatever side the fullback is on or the tight end uh, or just how it balances out. So that was really interesting to me. Uh, that's that's some, uh, some good... I don't know, analysis skills, uh, not necessarily that I'm trying to like break my arm, clapping myself on the back there. But uh, I just wanted to share that with you because I I think a lot of people are like, what the heck is a Will linebacker? What the heck is a Sam linebacker? Right. Um, so there's there's that for you. Um, and then my last, my last clip, and this is going to get me into some other stuff. So Alabama was voted number one in the preseason USA Today coaches poll. Uh, Ohio State was second in the defending national championships 
uh, champions in Georgia was third. The AP preseason top 25 will be released on August 15th. Crimson Tide will receive 54 first-place votes from a panel of 66 major college coaches. Alabama is coming off of a loss in the college football playoff title game to Georgia. The Buckeyes received five first-place votes, and the Bulldogs got six. Number 18, Texas, also received the first-place vote. Mm. Get out of here, Texas. Mm. You don't even deserve to be in the top. You went 5-7 and last year. Just get out of here. There's no reason for Texas to be anywhere close to the top 25, except for the fact that they wear their freaking burnt orange and they're rude to people. Like, there you go. Congratulations. You're a Texas fan. Um, Clemson came in at number four. Notre Dame, number five. Michigan at sixth. Texas A&M at seventh. Utah at eighth. Kind of interesting. And then Oklahoma and Baylor at ninth and tenth. Um, And Coach Kleiman, KC got four Top 25 votes. So that makes them approximately 45th. Coach Kleiman was asked about that, and he just kind of laughed it off and had this to say. I don't know. Don't have a don't have really a comment on it. it goes back to the chip on our shoulder. We, we've got to earn that. We've got to earn our right to, to have those accolades, but uh, um, nothing that we can control. We've got to control what we can control, which is – uh, on a daily basis, uh, being the best versions of ourselves and and uh, attacking every day at practice and getting better. So now I'm going to get into kind of one of the more, I would say, controversial stories that's been breaking ah. uh, as of late. Uh, and, and, you know, this has to do with a lot of stuff that I don't really know a whole lot about because I just don't have those experiences in my life. So I'm, I just say all of this with a grain of salt, right? I'm not trying to get under anybody's skin. I'm not trying to pick any fights or anything like that. But this this is a unique story that is breaking with Oklahoma and all of the things that are coming out about Kale Gundy, who is Mike Gundy's brother. And this is from ESPN, okay? This is, this is an ESPN article. It's by an ESPN staffer, Dave Wilson. This is a day after Oklahoma assistant football coach Cale Gundy resigned from the Sooners, saying he inadvertently read aloud, quote, a word that I should never under any circumstance have uttered off the screen of a player's iPad during a film session. Head coach Brent Venables issued a statement saying Gundy's statement didn't tell the entire story. And this is a developing story. Brent Venables, this quote that you're about to hear was not his original first quote. His original first quote was more like, you know, some people make mistakes. Some things are said. He made a big boy decision, decided to resign. We're sad to see him go. Uh, But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. It's Okay, it's very obvious what word he said. You don't have to think about it very hard. Um, right. And, and it, what's interesting is that he had claimed that he came up to, he was holding, he's a wide receiver coach, Cale Gundy's wide receiver coach. He's been there since 1999. Uh, he's been there at Oklahoma since Bob Stutes took over. He's been there since I've been alive, okay? <laughs> I was born in 1999. Uh, but Cale Gundy said that he had a wide receiver who wasn't paying attention, who was doodling on his iPad. He was upset about that, went over, kind of like, a teacher, right? And you pick up the, the note that the student's reading, you read it out loud to the class. It's like an embarrassment technique. You read it out loud, you know, you, you try to catch them with something kind of embarrassing enough to the point that they're like, ouch, I'm never going to do that again. I'm going to pay attention in class. Well, he picked it up. Apparently, there were some things on there, and he read it out loud. And he said, I said this word. And by the time that I finished reading the sentence, I was kind of like, oh, my gosh, I said this word. I'm a, I feel so terrible about it. It was, like, hard on the players, whatever. So he resigned. And at first, I was kind of like, wow, 
this is super draconian. Like, all of a sudden, he, he makes one mistake. He says one word that he shouldn't said. And, like, anybody who says anything about it, it's like, how many words have you said that you regret in your life? Okay, but okay, fine. He, he says that he's going to resign. Okay, cool. Let's see what Oklahoma has to say about it. Brent Venables comes out. We're sad to see him go, but he made this decision, and we, we stand behind his decision. But now, as of 3.41 p.m. today, he said, quote, Coach Gundy resigned from the program because he knows what he did was wrong, Venable said Monday. He chose to read aloud to his player, not once, but multiple times, a racially charged word that is objectionable to everybody and does not reflect the attitude and values of our university or our football program. This is not acceptable, period. Coach Gundy did the right thing in resigning. He knows our goals for excellence, and that coach have special responsibilities, not coaches, sorry, have special responsibilities to set an example. Gundy, who is 50, was the longest-serving football coach in the Big 12, ahead of his brother Mike, the Oklahoma State coach. He spent 16 years as the running backs coach, followed by seven more, coaching inside receivers, and was OU's assistant head coach. His announcement was followed by a show of support on social media from current and former players, including Joe Mixon and Adrian Peterson. Uh, and then, so then his daughter comes out and uh, drops this really kind of barb of a tweet uh, on the Oklahoma fan page. And I'm just watching this as a bystander because um, as terrible as the situation seems to be, part of me as a K-State fan is kind of like, ah, Oklahoma's on fire. Right. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, well, I mean, as many challenges for Brent Venables that can come down the pike as I purely as a Kansas State football fan say have at it coach because <laughs> that's just more distractions for you to not be paying attention to us when we roll into norman and destroy you in week five um uh, yeah knock on wood right i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna totally regret saying that that is not a prediction in case they probably will lose that game don't talk to me don't come at me with that i needed to make that i needed to make that statement i always pick against k-state because every time i pick for them they lose so reverse psychology reverse psychology I, it's it's not even psychology this at this point it's a fact of life reverse life um but this is what his daughter had to say. Interesting. You told your players to keep their mouths shut about what would really happen and their heads down. Hmm. The truth will always come to fruition. It's only a matter of time. What? <laughs> I love the voiceover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all she had done was written it. We had a, a, a special person come in and record that's that record that was. for us yeah that's what it was um so yeah so that's just a developing story i i was just kind of blown away with by it to be honest because at first when i first read it i was like dude like you you made one mistake and then resigned like what and so what what said to me that his knee-jerk reaction was maybe there's something here that doesn't meet the eye like maybe we're not hearing the full side of the story because it seems like such an intense reaction he's like i said one bad word so now i'm resigning and i was like whoa uh, okay no grace no forgiveness all right cool you resigned but now it's kind of like oh he read it multiple times and like kept saying it okay then maybe maybe that wasn't the smartest move there chief and i i don't know i i like i said i i have literally no experience with any of this and i don't want to get caught up in some sort of like racial ethics debate that's not why i'm here i'm just trying to comment on it uh so yeah take that as you will i have no skin in this game right right so i i just i thought it was a un very unique situation and i was i was pretty blown away by it i know like everyone 
I guess would deal with this situation if if anyone else was coach you know Venables differently I just know when I was like heard about it and I was reading the article it was always like you said like that teacher move to where like you read whatever the student has like out loud in front of the class like, and then he was like oh crap yeah I was <laughs> like, just like oh, okay no. like one is it's not a very popular thing to do and that's the thing for like middle school teachers elementary school teachers and high school teachers but now once you're in college I'm not saying like these like these 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 guys are like kind of adults now. Yeah. They're like eight, like through eighteen to some to twenty two, even twenty three years old. It's it's these, a suspect are, teaching tool. <laughs> it's a suspect teaching tool already. And so now when you're doing this with adults and some things just cannot be read out loud, you could be getting an email saying, "Hey, your bank account's closed," or "Hey, we're kicking you out of your apartment," or just some other inappropriate stuff because you were grown individual. Yeah. It doesn't it just that's just something that. That had they're, they're definitely got to be a cutoff age doing some stuff like that. Yeah. Running stairs would have been a, a, a punishment enough. Probably getting <laughs> caught with your iPad when you're supposed to pay attention to watching films. Stairs, yeah. running bleachers, running stairs probably would have been enough. Yeah. But here we are, and now he's gone. So he's it's gone. Uh, and frankly, he'll probably never get a coaching job again at Division One level because it's like he would. I I don't know. It's it is taken like this new. Like, everybody on ESPN is talking about it. It was, like, the number one story when I jumped on ESPN today. So, you never know, but never some know. of those, some of those, like, there are just some things that the public doesn't forgive. And in, in America true. right now, that's just not something that the public is willing to forgive. And I think that he's going to be out of a job for a while. So, hopefully, he made enough money at Oklahoma. Uh, but at any rate, unique story. I hope I didn't offend anybody. I certainly wasn't trying to. Uh, commenting on it, Jasmine just kind of waved her hand like, whatever. They'll be all right. Yep, they'll be all right. <laughs> but hey, you've been listening to Trenton Camp with Colby Van Camp on Wildcat 91.9 KSDB Manhattan. We'll see you tomorrow.